today's topic oh it is cushing syndrome you made it to the live class this is how to pass in clex we do it on monday so we always add monday motivation in the mix hi my name is regina callion i'm an inclex instructor and i am here to help you get your nursing license it's my goal it's what i love to do every week we show up and we study we beat the week by studying nursing content. So I do have the content plus the questions. We are getting into Cushing's disease. Yes. So I know you guys remember this from nursing school, but it's always good to do a review. You might learn something. Cushing's disease is a disorder of the adrenal glands. And so it happens when the body is exposed to an excessive amount of cortisol. And if you remember in anatomy class, the, the adrenal glands, they sit on top of the kidneys and they are responsible for helping the body handle stress. So if you know, you're walking in the park or in the woods and you see a bear and you have to start running, it's the adrenal glands that are going to pump you full of the hormones that you need. Um, cortisol is a very interesting hormone because it helps the body respond to stress and changes. Like I was talking about, if you got to bounce out somewhere, cortisol is going to help you get there. But it, when it is produced, it really affects all of the tissues and all of the organs in the body. And so when a patient has this constant exposure to cortisol, they get this Cushing syndrome. And um, so that's what we're getting into. Now, reasons this can happen are, are a few. I mean, you can have uh, your pituitary gland can hypersecrete corticotrophin. Uh, you can have a corticotrophin secreting tumor in another organ. You can develop Cushing's syndrome from um, medication that you're put on, a glucocorticoid. And also you can have a tumor in your uh, adrenal glands and they can cause you to have Cushing's disease. So what are the signals, what, what are the cues, what are the, the, the patho that is going to result in your clinical symptoms? So the patho that is going to result is your body uh, typically when it um, is when it is exposed to cortisol, it behaves in a certain way. And so with Cushing syndrome, you're going to have a loss of feedback from the inhibition of the cortisol. And so with the elevated levels of cortisol, they are they're not going to suppress the um, the secretion, the anti anterior pituitary secretion of the corticotrophin releasing hormones and corticotrophin. And so what happens is you're going to have this excess circulating cortisol that is going to disrupt your normal physiological functions, all right? I say all that to say these are the signs and symptoms of Cushing syndrome. Your patient is going to have weight gain they are going to retain water. They're going to have muscle weakness. They are going to report that they are tired. 
They may have a very distinctive characteristic sign. Most nursing students, if they don't know the electrolyte imbalances from Cushing syndrome, they definitely know the buffalo hump. Okay. Um, we talk about muscle weakness. You're also going to have a, a wasting away of muscles and um, you're going to have some fat mobilization. And so really all these things are going to impair um, your, your client's ability to function. They're going to give your client a very distinctive look. So your client's going to have thin, fragile skin, the moon face, you know, the ruddy complexion, hertuism, truncal obesity, broad purple striae, bruising, and impaired wound healing. And I love that you guys are my people and you're like, I know what all these, you know, you, you know these terms. If I say truncal obesity, my nurses out there, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. I love our language. It's so sophisticated. Now, how do we determine if a patient has Cushing's syndrome or Cushing's disease? There are some things you can do, like a, a, a low-dose dexamethasone suppression test. And this is done overnight. And essentially, it is looking at your nighttime cortisol, cortisol levels and using that to confirm if you have Cushing's syndrome or not. Okay. With imaging studying, uh, you are able to detect um, if you may have a tumor. So um, ultrasonography, a CT scan, or angiography maybe can identify local adrenal tumors, or a CT scan or an MRI of the head will help if there is a pituitary tumor. Electrolyte levels can use for that be can use um, to diagnose a patient. So a patient with Cushing syndrome will have increased levels of their sodium um, and decreased levels of potassium. Some blood sh studies may also show indications of Cushing syndrome if there is a high amount of glucose in the blood um, levels because that can be not always diabetes mellitus can cause hyperglycemia. There can be other conditions such as Cushing syndrome that may be a result of high blood sugar levels. Well, there are um, several ways to go about treating Cushing syndrome and you should be familiar with the radiation therapy, the drug therapy or surgery to restore the hormone balance and reverse Cushing syndrome. Because if you can restore appropriate hormone levels, then the symptoms of Cushing syndrome will go away. And so when we talk about having, um, well, we talk about radiation and radiation is going to be a therapy of choice for any tumors, like a pituitary um, tumor that a patient may have. Also, um, oh, okay, I'll, I'll save that for later. Drug therapy. So you can do adrenal um, enzyme inhibitors, and the names are there. These are used for um, hyperadrenalism. And, and, you know, the thing about these medications, though, I'll say this, is that 
for NCLEX exam, knowing the specific drugs are not essential, okay? What you do have to know is that if a patient is taking a drug therapy for Cushing syndrome, it is designed to work on the adrenal glands. That's what I'll say about that. So I don't even want you guys to get too deep into the, the medication names here. Just know that there are medications for them. And then surgery. Um, surgery is probably going to be the most common form, I, I would say, of Cushing syndrome, especially for those patients who, um, who are going to chronically have the issue then more than likely, instead of having a patient sit with symptoms for years and years, they're going to do an adrenalectomy, okay? Um, and that is to remove uh, one or both of the adrenal glands. So I say in my NCLEX review, understand adrenalectomy, okay? Our, our nursing responsibilities for this patient um, are going to be as we would treat most patients. We are going to monitor their vital signs, especially their, their blood pressure. We have to make sure that the patient does not become um, hypertensive. We also will be monitoring their uh, labs. So hypernatremia, hypokalemia, hyperglycemia, and glycosuria. Because the patient, um, they call them the cushionoid patient, the patients with Cushing's is likely to retain sodium and water. We will be checking for edema and monitoring their daily weight, intake and output. We also absolutely want to minimize any weight gain that the cushionoid patient has by um, asking a dietitian to come and consult with them and provide them with um a high protein and high potassium diet, but definitely low in calories, low in carbohydrates and sodium because they already are going to have a higher than normal sodium level. And we want to watch for signs of infection because um, this could be a significant problem with patients with Cushing syndrome. And if you think about it, just with our patients who also have hyperglycemia and diabetes mellitus, they are also at risk for infections. You have a high circulating blood glucose level that makes you prone to, um, you know, having issues with wounds, right? This patient with cushions, they also have thin, fragile skin. They have muscle wasting, um, mm, lots of issues that can leave them at risk for infection. We want to watch out for that. We also want to know, um, you know, doing passive range of motion for these clients who um, may need to have their exercise supplemented for them. And if the client has osteoporosis or is bedridden, we should really be doing these things with all of our patients who may have this condition, but certainly patients with Cushing's disease and then evaluating the patient as well. After a successful therapy, the client will continue to take medications as prescribed. These medications are more than likely going to be for the rest of their life. And so, um, you know, the patients with Cushing's will always have a need for fluid electrolyte um, and plasma levels to be monitored and within normal limits. And avoiding stress unnecessarily is going to help this patient. So 
We have done a review of Cushing syndrome. Did you make it to the class? We did a quick review of Cushing syndrome. I really go in depth with Cushing syndrome and um, Addison's disease. So if you study Cushing syndrome, you should go back and study Addison's disease because they, um, they're like a compare and contrast and you can learn a lot quicker if you look at these two together. So we're gonna do the how to pass NCLEX part and this is where we do our questions based off of the topic that we studied. We are winning on Monday. We went on Wednesday, but we're also winning on Monday too. And here's our first question. Question number one, the nurse is doing an assessment. Which of the following is consistent with Cushing's disease? I'm looking for perfection today. Number one, a moon face. Two, fever. Three, butterfly rash on the face. Four, painful joints. Mm. What are we going to say to consistency with Cushing's disease? Okay. Question number one, the answer. I see the answer. It's unanimous. It's unanimous. The moon face, classic, classic Cushing's disease. And it remains the most common. It remains the most common endogenous cortisol excess disease period. And so the clinical signs and symptoms of Cushing's include moon face, obesity in the trunk, buffalo hump in the back, muscle atrophy in thin skin. Question number two is this, the nurse is giving discharge instructions to a client who has Cushing syndrome. Which of the following statements of the client indicates correct understanding on diet management? Hmm. Okay. Which of the following statements um, of the client indicates correct understanding on diet management? Number one, I will eat potassium-rich foods. Number two, I will limit my protein intake. Three, I can eat salty foods anytime. Four, I do not have a special diet. <laughs> Go ahead and put that answer on the screen. And if you don't know, just say, I really don't know. I don't, I'm not really sure, but most of you are looking like you know. Most of you are looking like you know this. Okay, the correct answer is number one, I will eat potassium rich foods. This is the client with Cushing syndrome. They're encouraged to have, remember, a low diet in carbohydrates and sodium, but ample in protein and potassium, all right? Because um, a diet like this is going to promote weight loss. It's going to help reduce edema and hypertension and also control the hypokalemia as well as a high protein diet is going to help with rebuilding the, the wasted muscle tissue. So this is gonna be important. Okay, Cushing's syndrome, we are in here with these questions. Question number three is this, the nurse explains the pathophysiology of Cushing's disease to his colleague. Which statement indicates an accurate understanding? Number one, Cushing's disease results from hyper secretion of insulin. Two, Cushing disease results from hyper secretion of glucagon. Three, Cushing disease results from excess cortisol secretion. 
or four, Cushing's disease results from a hypersecretion of growth hormones. Hmm. Well, the answer here is going to be the only realistic one that it could be. And we're talking about the basics of Cushing syndrome and what you need to know for your nursing board. And the correct answer is going to be three here. You have to make that connection. Cushing syndrome is going to be from an overexposure to the, the hormone cortisol. And so by doing this um, and knowing this information, you will be setting yourself up for a much better position on your nursing board exams. Yeah. Four, the nurse is caring for a client with Cushing's disease who is scheduled for an adrenalectomy. In the preoperative period, what is the priority action of the nurse? I love this. Mm -hmm. Number one, check urine for glucose and ketones. Two, check the anxiety level of the client. Three, monitor the availability of the medication. Or four, monitor the vital signs. We are in, we're just in here studying, period. This is just what we do. Shout out to all the nurses who are passing, who have journeyed along with us and who are on the other side, man, with their license. But right now, this is the way that we have to walk. We have to study every Monday. We have to do it. You have to show up. And giving the right answer is great. But if you get the wrong answer, that's great too, because you're learning something. The correct answer is monitoring the vital signs. Did you guys get that? There were some who did not get this one. Remember, you know, with a, with a disease that can alter the hemodynamic stability of a patient, meaning if you have a disease and it's changing your blood pressure or it's changing your heart rate, um, then before you have a surgical intervention, you got to establish those things. You got to know what they are beforehand because it, it, it's okay if we assess anxiety, all right, if we address anxiety. But certainly as the nurse, your priority is going to be the vital signs of your patient. Okay. All right, guys, our Monday motivation this week is very practical. And it's something that I have to remind myself all the time. You guys know that I, you know, I'm a mom, I'm a wife. Um, I am, you know, a daughter, I'm a business owner and I, I make mistakes. I make mistakes. I don't know if somebody can relate to this, but oftentimes I'm making mistakes and I'm finding myself now as I'm on a journey to have like positive experiences and keep my peace. I'm finding myself being a, accepting when I make a mistake. I don't beat myself up for it. I'm teaching my children just because you don't do something perfectly. That doesn't mean you give up. My son is five years old and, um, he is struggling with his multiplications. So the eight times tables, he's sometimes having trouble remembering like eight times six, eight times seven, things like that. And so he'll say, you know, mom, I, I'm not good at this. I'm not going to do it anymore. But I want him and I want myself and I want you guys to remember this week that there, there are many mistakes that we have made in life. My goodness, our financial mistakes. Did we stick to our budget? Do we make the right decision? Are we living in the right apartment? Are we, you know, um, 
are we watching the right shows for me? You know what I mean? Like work mistakes. Did I, did I leave a job too soon or did I not leave it soon enough? In school, you guys are trying to pick out the school. You ask me all the time, where should I go to school? What should I do? <laughs> right? You don't want to make a mistake or you made a mistake in your home environment or your relationships. I probably could go on and on about mistakes some of us have made in relationships. Just being with the wrong person. Staying with the wrong person too long. These are, these are you know, mistakes that we make, but mistakes are not our downfall, all right? Mistakes are not our downfall. Um, mistakes are the lessons that we learn, and, and, and that's how we have to look at it. Like, there's a lesson in this mistake that you made, and when we make mistakes, we always have to remember that, you know, mistakes are going to happen, but you have to be able to recognize and address the mistake. Like some of you guys, you, you've taken NCLEX and you failed it. Blew it just big time. Just blew it. Did not pass NCLEX. But if you don't recognize where you went wrong, where you could have fallen short, you know, if you don't take the time to do that early on, you're going to sit there and you're going to live with that mistake for a long time, for months. And those months are going to turn into years. And those years might turn into decades of you not passing a test one time and not addressing it and moving forward. And so you got to be proactive about your mistake, meaning you have to acknowledge it. Remember, you know, some mistakes have possible outcomes. Some mistakes don't. You got to get over your feelings. Matter of fact, you probably got to get those feelings out. Talk to somebody about it and get over it because there is room for you to grow. When you become a nurse, understand you're going to make mistakes. It is inevitable. You will make mistakes. I am a nurse who has made a mistake before. All right. You want to forget to turn on the bed alarm for a patient. OK, somebody that's a fall risk, you wouldn't forget to put that band on the patient, forget to turn the bed alarm on. You might incorrectly program an IV pump. Yep. You may um, not see a patient's condition change. Right. It may just it may just slip right past you. Medication errors, common, 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 inaccurate documentation. This is a part of nursing that we want to strive to correct. But is it perfect now? No. Is nursing going to be perfect when you enter into the profession? Nope. Okay. So it's not so much how we make mistakes, but how we choose to correct them that matters. And, you know, with, with the help of God, we can actually recover from most things that happen to us in life. You know, really all things. If you're sitting here today, then you have overcome things that tried to stop you. And so, you know, in our mistakes, we we have to accept this. I'm 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 on you guys about this, accepting challenges, accepting mistakes, accepting setbacks as part of our journey to get to where we want to be. It's not going to be easy to become a nurse is so difficult. I mean, it's so difficult. It is like joining. It's like joining the hardest sorority ever. Like, you know what I mean? It's like that. It's very challenging. You feel like you're getting hazed. You you know, I mean, and I, I mean, I, I say this lightly, but literally getting up early in the mornings the way we do a teacher telling us we have to read 
15 chapters and be tested on it next week. Giving deadly medications. I mean, the stress, the pressure of trying to be a nurse. It's tough, you know, but in the same in the same sense, even though it's tough, it's so worth it. Like you are walking around with knowledge that most people don't have about their bodies. And we spend 24 seven in these bodies. And there are people that have no idea that they have two kidneys. They have no idea the difference between a red blood cell and a white blood cell. Although they've had them since they've been born, don't know about them, but you do, you do. And so I am actually teaching millionaires. You guys are gonna be millionaires once you get your nursing license and work for a couple of years. I mean, think about it, $70,000, $80,000 a year, 10 years in the game, you're a millionaire. Don't get me started on overtime, sign on bonuses, holiday pay, triple pay, all that stuff, okay? So I need you to start acting like one. And most millionaires, when they make a mistake, you think they, you think they throw in the towel and they stop? No, they keep on going, business as usual. All right, because making mistakes is part of the journey. It's part of the experience. So um, I'm happy. I'm happy when we make mistakes together, when we learn, when we're patient with each other, when we are supportive of each other, this all makes it worthwhile. And so if nobody told you that today, I'm telling you, you make it worth it, okay? And also, hey, thank you for watching today. You can, you will, you must. Pass in clicks. See you later, guys. Bye-bye.